Awesome. Sorry about that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Boom. All right. We're live, guys. So welcome. And Ami, you switched that over to, uh, so it says uh, microphone. It's yes. actually picking up from your mic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can hear me okay? I think I hear a little feedback. But there's a little feedback. But yeah, if you look in the lower left corner where it's got the microphone, you click the up carrot and just make sure that, so select a microphone, you selected you know, your headset. Nope, try a different one. Hey guys, welcome everybody. Come on in. You get to watch us troubleshoot. This is Entrepreneurship <laughs> 101. Just right. sorting it out as you go. Figure it out on the fly. Right. This is how the sausage gets made and all that stuff, right? So, <laughs> Josh, yeah, I'm going to pick up. Oh, so you're muted there. So unmute and yeah. Boom. We are live again. <laughs> <laughs> Come on so, in, everybody. Yeah. So while uh, while Ami's figuring that out, I, we can't hear you. Just um, you want to try to help him, Mike, since you're the tech take, guy. I'm the tech guy. So Ami, to the right of the microphone, that carrot. Just click the up carrot and choose a different microphone. Input microphone. So, and he's, one of them. He's flying airplanes. It's hard to concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. That's good. Josh, you look uh, you look cold today. You're not at the I'm beach. Freezing. <laughs> What's freezing? Come on, man. You know, you uh Mike, it's great to have you back, by the way. Uh our last webinar, you know, uh was so warm. I mean, I felt like I was at the beach, even though my background didn't have it at the beach. And right. uh it was like in the eighties. I think we're now in the thirties. Anyway, I'm resilient. Testing, I'm fine. testing. There we go. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go, guys. Sorry about All that. All right. No problem. That was exciting. It's very dramatic. That's exciting. Okay. Very oh, awesome. Exciting. Very, very good. All right. So Ami's coming to us from uh from his cockpit today, and uh Josh is somewhere cold. So all right. Where are you where uh, are you and your uh, perfectly quaffed hair coming from? <laughs> oh man i don't know uh yeah just in, in the family room here it's uh you know the kids are off at school it's actually great so yeah can't complain our kids have in person uh they're at school so it's nice awesome. so yeah well cool well all right guys let's roll we're uh what we're for after so uh we've got everything set uh so welcome back every <laughs> Boom, and we're alive again. <laughs> we're just going to keep booming and living. Is this how right. it's going to be all day, Ami? No, I just I just hung up on my wife for you. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, good your luck. wife than my wife. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Well, good luck later today. So uh, we are once again live. So look, guys, we've got uh, – uh, the, welcome to Distributors Helping Distributors. I know there's a lot of uh, new folks on the call today. We got a lot of new registrations. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, federal stimulus funding, the PPP program, forgiveness for it. And because Ami is an expert in uh, funding for small businesses, I think we're going to have a few a little time to answer some questions about other funding options. So if you got the PPP loan, as Josh and I did, uh, you know, it, it for, well, if you got it, we've got something for you today. We'll talk about forgiveness. Uh, if you didn't get it yet, we're going to talk about, uh, and you haven't applied for forgiveness, we've got a lot to, to share. And if, uh, you know, uh, in either way, we can talk about some other options. There's some new stuff, new legislation that is being proposed right now. We'll see if Congress can get their act together and actually pass uh, this this round of legislation. And and besides that, there are other funding options. I know a lot of people are struggling. They're looking for cash flow, uh, and there are some there are some other options. So we're gonna we're gonna go all through that. I, I know with the PPP, well, when when we first got it, we thought, hey, this is great. Uh, you know, it it should be easy, a streamlined process uh, to to get it, and the forgiveness should be uh, just a checkbox, and we're done. But apparently, it's more like filling out a tax return. And the rules are changing, and they're probably going to change before we get off this show today. Uh, it's just sort of a moving target. So I'm looking forward to getting some, uh, you know, some clarity from uh, from Ami Kasser, who uh, who is with us today. Uh, again, he's uh, we'll, we'll we'll do a formal introduction in, in just a moment. But we should also um, probably do a disclaimer. 
I think Ami's got. So if you take advice from Josh and financial advice from Josh and me, you are crazy or tax advice. <laughs> You're out of your mind. Okay. So don't, don't follow any advice. Seek uh, professional counsel, attorneys, CPAs, and, and that kind of thing. That's the disclaimer. Uh, so, but uh, hopefully we've got some good content for you today. Uh, so, Josh, can you take a, a moment and just introduce for, we've got, like I said, a lot of new folks on today. By the way, we hit 680 uh, registrations for the show this week. So, uh, but can you take a moment and just introduce for us the swag coach, who and, you know, what we are uh, and talk a little bit about our, the small group coaching. I know we'll cover more of that later today. Absolutely. And by the way, can you see my screen? Okay. I always like to make sure. Uh, I could see your slide and the next slide also. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm going to have to fix that at some point, but for the short term, because I can't do two things at once, we should okay. at least uh, welcome everybody. Do we want to tell them the ground rules? You want me to? Uh... I, yeah, my favorite slide. There you go. Yeah. So look, guys, uh, the uh, it's free. Uh, this is a free show. Obviously, we have. Uh, you took off, but you took off my ground rules. Oh, sorry. I thought. Oh I wait. Oh no, it's on the left. <laughs> so you got two slides going. This is a little nuts, Josh. I'll fix it. What the hell's going? We what's going on today? today? You guys made me look like I was technically challenged. Come on. <laughs> Let's see if we can figure this out. Slideshow so, from so the beginning. It's a. Uh, this is a. It's a free show. Obviously, we couldn't charge for this kind of thing. Uh, but the, the price of admission is to participate. So guys, uh, ask us your questions. Uh, ask questions for Ami and for Josh. And uh, in, a, in a moment, we're going to do uh, the, the, the thing we've done, I think, since the first show. Well, we started this in March. And, uh, and that's to ask us, put in the Q&A, not in the chat, but in the Q&A. Uh, tell us one win. Let's celebrate the wins. Tell us a win that you've had uh, recently. Or um, uh, what the hell is the other? Josh, you want me to share something? Uh, well, one thing you're grateful for. So a win or something you're grateful for. And uh, let's, you know, let's get the spirit up here. So with that, Josh, can you talk a little bit about what is the swag coach? What do we do? And, uh, and maybe do a quick review of some of the shows, these free shows that we've done. Sure. Um, so first off, welcome everybody. You know, uh, for those of you that are newer and joining us, uh, the spirit of this call, this webinar, distributors helping distributors, is just that. You know, I'm a distributor, a frontline salesperson, just like all of you that are on the call. And the the hope was to kind of get us together, share best business practices, share best sales practices, and really just help one another during COVID, especially early on as there were just so many unknowns. There are still a lot of unknowns. You know, I feel like we're kind of in round two now, right? We, we, we yeah. went into immediate lockdown, it seemed in March and April. And what was that going to happen to, to our business and our industry? And now we kind of feel like we're going through a round two. And so we've brought together, you know, people, experts from both within the industry and outside the industry to kind of help you with your business and navigate through. And these are just some examples, as you can see my screen and the next slide, of some of the different topics that we have covered over the past, what's hard to believe now, 21, Mike, 21 webinars. We've 21. Wow. 21. Do you remember when you turned 21? <laughs> No, but I remember when we started doing that, we just said we'd have this for a few friends and, and some colleagues uh, to get together and see what we could do. And uh, I think we had 32 or 34, 34 at that first one. And now we're, you know, we've got uh, a lot more folks coming in. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, so, it is exciting. Yeah. And I know we've helped a lot of people. I mean, we've talked about PPP loans. We've talked about how to sell PPE. We've talked about strategies for filling your sales pipeline, strategies for scooping up year and budget dollars. Uh, just a wide array of topics to help you with your business. I, I know we've got people that are on this webinar that are new, but we also have people who I think, Mike, have been in close to all, if Almost. not maybe 18, 20 of our webinars. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, deadheads or the Grateful Dead. They follow us around, man. They keep showing up. I don't know why, but they do. We've got, we've got a lot of people who've been to all or nearly all of uh, of these these shows, which is really great. We really appreciate you guys coming back, especially in contributing. So yeah, and that would be my win. If you asked me my win, I would say just the consistent support and loyalty around everyone attending this webinar, especially those of you who have continued to come, you know, multiple times a month and just share your best practices and participate and engage. I mean, that's what this is all about. So really appreciate yeah. it. 
um, and uh, excited to do today. Yeah, put some wins up there, guys. Come on. I know. And by the way, I see Gay. Gay has been in all. Josh, she's been in all twenty-one shows. So Gay is excited to see you back here. But uh, hands, Georgiana, Jeff, uh, Joe, got Karen Rothstein back again. Yeah, tell us uh, what are some of the wins that you've had. We'd love to. I see that Paul uh, Zafrana said he got holy. Paul's setting it on fire. One hundred five thousand dollar apparel order, a fifty two thousand dollar straw order, paper. I hope uh, a uh, a uh, and then a forty five thousand vert charger. I don't know if that's a type of a, some kind of a charger order. That's a lot. That's Paul's really, raking it in. Yes, your coaching member. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. It's, it's all the small group coaching. Yeah. Uh, Rennie, Rennie uh, said, uh, I guess he's interested in, uh, he's got somebody who's interested in buying them out. That's awesome, man. Way that's to go. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Gonna, Paul yeah. said these are metal reusable straw or all right, Paul. Good metal straws. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, Rennie was talking about, buying oh. we're going to definitely be talking about transition planning and stuff like that at some point. Uh, as one of the topics uh, for this webinar, because I know there's a lot of us out there that are, you know, looking at phase two or three or four in our lives, depending on who it is. So, um, all right. And I know, uh, Josh, just quickly, can you tell what the small group coaching is? I know we'll cover that again at the end, but for folks who are new, just what, what do we, we've got these free shows, obviously, uh, then, but then a lot of folks who are on today also participate uh, in our small group coaching program for you know elite distributors, but what what is that? Yeah, so we twice a month get together, and um, first one one workshop a month we tackle a, a topic of, of interest to help people scale their sales. Uh, we've done everything from you know CRM systems to uh, soon to be uh, we're going to be how to how to t how to pitch a, a company store. So different ways to strategically sell. And we work, run the workshop once a month. And then we've got accountability groups that get together once a month, up to five people in non-competitive areas. And we share best business practices and hold each other accountable. So it's a proven best practices to help you scale your promo business and keep your sanity in this industry. So, all right. Uh, cool. Thanks, Josh. So let's- Tommy, are you still there? Are you awake? I'm 100%. I'm just hanging out here on my cockpit <laughs> waiting for you guys. He, he's, uh, he's checking out the control panels, making sure everything's going okay. Yeah, so we're ready. It's let's put up 737 here. We're ready for you. <laughs> let's put up. So, Josh, let's, th let's throw up the first poll, okay? Uh, I'll put this up here. By, uh, so, to see who's with us. So, guys, join in. We'll put this poll up. Uh, question is, you know, did you apply for a, a PPP loan? So, did not apply. Applied, but you didn't get one. Um you did or you applied and got less than $50,000 or you got more than 50,000. So help us out. And that'll give us a sense for the audience and, uh, and, and for Ami in particular. So interesting. So, so yeah. Yeah. Ami, can you see yeah. your, can you see the poll? I, I can see the question, but not the answers, but maybe. Well, I'll go, have... we'll, yeah, I'll put that. So I'll, I'll review that here. Okay, great. Uh, I'll go ahead and close this out. I'll close this out. And uh, so we could say, uh, I'll read this out because I know in the replay, you can't, they, if we share it, you can't see it anyway. A lot of people come back and watch these for replays. But basically, it looks like 26% uh, uh, did not apply. So, I mean, there are going to be folks on who are interested in if there are still opportunities to get any kind of stimulus funding or, you know, other other. Uh, opportunities to work with the SBA or traditional lenders or other lenders, right? So they're looking for funding. Uh, no one, interestingly, nobody said they applied and didn't get a loan. Well, that's that's good news. Uh, and then 56% got a loan under 50,000 and 18% got a loan over 50,000. So I guess what, you know, over about uh, three quarters, three quarters on, on the call got a loan, right? Uh, so. And one quarter didn't even apply. And of course, didn't even didn't apply. So I'll we'll throw one more real quick. But if you uh, if you did get if you did take out a loan, how'd you use the money? Pay yourself, pay employees, grow your sales, or all of the above? Mike, how'd you use your so, loan? Um, I used it primarily uh, for for paying employees. Uh, had uh, for some employees and uh, and some 
you know, other costs. I mean, what was fortunate for me is uh, you could do leased equipment. You could include that and, and rent. So I had spaces and had uh, some leased equipment and was able to include that. So uh, based on the, the revised guidelines, it was actually pretty easy to use it in a way that I think it's, you know, it's all forgivable, but I'll tell you the rules are pretty, got pretty complicated. So, okay. So I'm going to close this off. Uh, well, we've got half that just said pay themselves, which makes sense given our audience is, you know, primarily uh, solo entrepreneurs. So paid self, 14% uh, said pay, pay employees. Nobody said to grow sales. Uh, and then uh, I guess the remaining third or so said all of the above. So, okay. Cool. Well, with that to set the stage, let's 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 uh, give a, a more formal introduction to Ami and, and, and get rolling. So, Ami uh, Kasser is uh, the founder and the CEO of Multi Funding uh, LLC. is also a best-selling author of a book called The Growth Dilemma, which is available on Amazon. Highly uh, recommended. Ami is a nationally known expert on access to capital for entrepreneurs. Uh, I follow his newsletter and the, the blog, a newsletter he sends out and uh, blog posts. They're very informative. They're very timely. You go to uh, his website for uh, multifunding uh, and, uh, and and subscribe uh, to that. Uh, he is regularly featured in the national press. He writes a regular column for Inc.com. He, uh, Ami has advised the White House, Federal Reserve Bank, the Treasury Department, and others on business uh, markets. And he's a regular speaker uh, at a lot of uh, universities uh, and uh, other organizations. So uh, we're excited to have him. Ami, thank you so much for joining us today. A pleasure. Thank so, you. Great to be with all of you. So why don't we, uh, to, to, to get things uh, kicked, off, kicked off, can you frame up, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business so we know, you know, what, what do you do with multi-funding uh, LLC? So what we do at multi-funding is we work with business owners and entrepreneurs around the country from all industries to help them get the best possible loans to grow and expand their businesses. We want people to use debt responsibly in a way that they can afford and can help them make strategic choices to grow and expand over time. And just out of curiosity, I, I'm, I, that's your traditional business. How, is, how has uh, COVID affected, affected you know, what you're advising and how you're dealing with business, the fact that there's a stimulus package? I mean, there's you probably you have a bigger audience now because of... Yeah, so I used to spend my life uh, in real airplanes, not fake cockpits. <laughs> uh, I used to spend my life on about 100 airplanes a year, um, speaking with groups of business owners and entrepreneurs around the country. And in any given year, I'd probably speak to 2,500 or 3,000 business owners and entrepreneurs. And I would refuse to do a webinar ever. I was like, I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting there talking to a blank screen and talking to a mirror, and that's boring. And I want to meet people and interact with people, and blah 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 blah. And then suddenly it's like, oh shit, I can't travel anymore. And over the last eight nine months, I've done a couple hundred webinars and probably spoken to forty or fifty thousand people. Wow. And wow. so it's been a real change in my life. And there are definitely some new tools and programs that have to be used and considered. And we've been deeply involved in helping business owners and entrepreneurs learn about them and understand them. But and the world has changed on all of us. But at the same time, some of the basic fundamentals of what we teach and encourage people to think about, those, those still hold true. What would those fundamentals be? I'm curious, especially for an audience like this. So what I'd like to encourage everyone to think about is we are all going about our businesses. We're doing what we're doing. We're on our paths. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's no, I always say there's nothing more important than a good night's sleep. But at the same time, we should all have a goal an aspiration for what we want our business to look like in three years from now. So let's say you have, I'm making it up, a promotional products business and you have revenue of $150,000 and you're making 50 grand a year. And I don't know if those numbers are about right or not. I'm just giving you a high level and you're working from home. If that's, if you're happy with that and you're comfortable with your lifestyle and you want it to keep growing a little bit and that's what you'd like to be in three years from now, 
that's great. You sh there's probably, God bless you. There's probably not a whole lot to change or do. But what if you want your business, if your goal is to have your business being half a million or a million dollars in three years, then you need to think about there are some tools missing in your toolbox to get there. And what are they and what are they going to prioritize? So let's say, as an example, that business owner who's selling 150 grand a year and making 50 grand a year. You guys can tell me if my numbers are off or wrong. I'm just giving a, a ballpark. If suddenly the tooth fairy dropped $50,000 into your bank account tomorrow and told you you had to invest it, what would you do with it? Where would you put the money to work and what return would that yield for you? That's one scenario. And that's kind of like your big shopping list and $50,000 if you went to the SBA and borrowed it would cost you about $550 or $600 a month in a payment, which you can afford. And then that's your $50,000 shopping list. Then what if you had to prioritize it and only use $25,000? What would you pick? And what would your priorities be? And then cut that in half again, what would you pick again? So we try to get people to think about their growth goals. COVID has created a lot of crisis, but it also creates opportunities. And how are you taking advantage of them and what do you want to do? Um, just out of curiosity, Mike, cut me off if I'm, I know you're excited. No. Okay. Um, so you said 50, 25, then 12.5. Is that kind of? Just as a benchmark, now if it's a million dollar business, maybe you want to you would do that exercise for two hundred, a hundred and fifty. I was just giving those numbers for a relatively smaller, smaller business. But in terms of the example, what is that? The the approach is taking a conservative, scaled approach. Is that the spirit of it, or I'm I want to make sure I'm tracking you. Someone drops fifty grand in my lab like a PPP loan. Right. Well, I want to use... let's let's say you're going about building your business today. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know the size of your business, and it, it, it's okay. But I'll pick on you as an example. Please. Okay. If all of a sudden, and maybe even someone from the audience wants to get on my hot seat, um, if somebody dropped um, hundred thousand dollars in your bank account, said you had to invest it, what would you do with it? That's different than you're doing today for your business. You're, you're asking me that question? I'm asking you, yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, I'd probably give you the standard answer. I, uh, I'd put it into some marketing campaigns, some advertising campaigns, and stuff along those lines, revenue-generating opportunities. Um, and if those worked out well, or as you would expect, how much profit would those generate for you? Um, on the promotional product side, so let's just say here, let's put it into to gross profit dollars. So um, sell $100,000 of business. Um, average gross margins are 40%, so $40,000 of gross profit. So um, $40,000, 40 40% 40 gross margins. So if you invested $100,000 how much extra sales do you think that could generate for you? If it had $100,000 of marketing to do, how much extra sales do you think that could generate for you? See, and I'll be totally candid with you, um, because I've been down this road before, probably you know, a solid 15 years ago when I had a, a team of 40 full and part-time people. And I used to have the mentality of just you know, chuck it against the wall and see what sticks. So you're, you're talking to somebody who needs to get more strategic in terms of how I spend my money. Um, I've been pretty frugal and Mike could tell you this in terms of where we spend our money, you know, trying to limit our risk with the uh, recurring expenses and so forth. But, um, you know, my expectation is for every dollar I invest, I would hope I could get three, three in return. So would you think about that differently? If instead of using that dollar from cash flow, you borrowed that dollar, knowing that you're going to have to make a payment on that of about 11 cents a year for 10 years. 
Absolutely. That's what I want you to think about. I don't want you to use debt irresponsibly, but I want you to say, wow, I knew if, if I really want to reach my goal, say my goal is to get to $5 million in three years. And to do that, I need to invest in these things, this stuff. Right. The question is how fast you want to climb up the mountain. You might say, I just don't like debt. I hate it. I like, I, some people are like that. They are petrified of debt and they're just going to do it slowly and steadily. Like the tortoise wins the race and there's nothing wrong with that. They'll do it when they can afford it. Right. Right. Other people are more impatient and they see opportunities in front of them and they'd like to do it quicker or more aggressively. Right. And if you're going to do that, there are ways and tools to use debt responsibly, concentrating on cash flow. I'm not talking about taking some crazy short-term online loan, using debt that you have 10 years to pay back at a low interest rate. And that's one of the big things that I teach and encourage people to think about. Yeah, I gotcha. And and for this audience, you know, I think when I when I when I put myself in, you know, I'm thinking about this conversation, right? Like, in you, I'm on the spot. But if I if I was going to redeploy cash, you know, I would be or debt, I would be looking at, okay, well, what are the what do I know works in my business, and that I can, you know, systems and processes that I know I can, if I if I wanted to fast track that and dump money into it, you know, repeatable processes or what are opportunities when I think about our industry. So maybe, you know, if I had extra money and I knew just kind of for this audience, like we're in the product business, there are opportunity, a lot of times being able to get product in front of our customers is, is more than half the sale. So there's the relationship building side of the business. What ways can you use money to get in front of people that maybe you don't have a relationship with? And then what ways could you use that money to sell them products? Well, to me, you know, I start thinking about now my brain starts going, you know, are there virtual trade shows for industries that you're servicing that you could sponsor or you could attend to get your name out there? Are there products that you could pay for and get spec samples done, sent to a top targeted list of maybe 15 to 20 top buyers, you know, I use debt or money for those types of scenarios. Um, those are pretty strategic ways. I know I'm going to get a return on my investment. So, right. So, but again, it's, it, it's thinking about if you had more cash available, would you want to invest faster? Never borrow money without a plan and a thesis about how that loan's going to help you make more money than you would without it. Your thesis might be wrong. So also at the same time, always ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen if I could do this? So if you had a strong thesis about if how you want to borrow $100,000 and you thought that that could do some incredible things for your business, that's great. So that's the upside. If I borrow that 100000 I think I could triple my sales in three years. There's a good thesis or argument about why that's worth it. At the same time, what's the worst thing that could happen? I make these investments and they're all a disaster. Everything blows on me. I'm stuck with a payment of 1100 bucks a month. How confident am I that I can afford that? And looking at both sides of the coin is something to think about. What, what, and, and, what are some typical common answers uh, for in terms of how to spend that money, how to, how to use that money, do you say are, you know, not advisable? You mean how not to use it or how to in, use in answer, it? In answer to your question, like we can do what, you know, how would you recommend, what are, what are rules of thumb or guidelines to answer your own question? What are some guidelines for what you'd consider to be acceptable uses of those funds? So sometimes there, there's two sides to that coin. Sometimes the entrepreneur or the whoever is on this call, they're the best salesperson mm -hmm. for their product or service. That's true for most people on this on this call. Most people. Yeah. And the question is, what's holding you back from going out and selling more? Sometimes you think you got to go hire the next salesperson. Mm -hmm. 
And we all know that that's often very hard and difficult to do. So one exercise to think about instead of that is where are you spending most of your time? What's stopping you from going out to do where you provide the most value today? So if you're spending half your time today, as an example, on order administration or finance or accounting work or process stuff, is that where you provide the most value? Well, maybe it's time to hire a half-time or a full-time ops person. Mm -hmm. And sure, that sounds a little bit scary because you got to pay their salary and you got to train them. And then at some point you'll be freed up and you can then go out there and do more selling. So that's going to create likely a cash flow hump for you. Well, you can deal with that cash flow hump one of two ways. You can get ready to eat some ramen noodles for a while. That's okay. A little salty, or, but tasty. Uh, they'll get it done. Or if you want to, or you choose to, you might say, I'm going to borrow some money to get me through that hump. I'm going to borrow 50K. And I know I'm going to have a $600 a month payment. But I know I can sleep at night knowing I can work my way through this transition. And when it's up and running and doing great, if I want to pay it off early, I can pay it off early. What, uh, just kind of so, to transition the, the conversation a little bit, because I know we're, people want to learn a little bit about PPP forgiveness. I mean, we've got people on the call, whatever the percentage was, that did get 50 or more thousand dollars. I find it kind of interesting. I know there was the question of all of the above, which included, are you using it for to grow your business? It may be worth, I'd be curious to see if those who answered that piece of the poll could maybe chime in and, and share with, with everyone how they're using that money, because that's exactly yeah. what you're kind of talking about, right? Um, right. And I, yeah, and John, I would agree. I think, you know, for, we're, uh, Lynn Pachinski just, uh, you know, comments, you know, she, uh, this sounds more like the appropriate for the EIDL loan, uh, which uh, this is, you know, she's looking for information on this, the PPP loan, right? So I think, and I, and I think the reality of, uh, of it is from, from most of the people on the call, the PPP loan was a life, a life raft. Uh, you know, they're trying not to drown. Uh, they've got this, you know, this shutdown on top of them and it's just a life raft. So, uh, not really an opportunity to get a bunch of money, uh, and figure out where to invest it. The idea might've been like that uh, for a lot of people if, if they got that. But, um, you know, can we shift that? So can we focus on the, on the PPP uh, and talk? 100%, no problem. Yeah, can, can, you, can you talk? So, I mean, just to frame it up for everybody, what, what was the PPP loan? How did this come about? What was the purpose of it? Yeah, so the purpose of the PPP loan when COVID hit and the shutdown hit was hopefully to give business owners a buffer, the, the hope was that COVID would be an eight or 10 week pause and then the world will come back and back and change. And the, instead of, they try to avoid massive layoffs and furloughs and give business owners, almost asking them to keep their people on the payroll so that they could keep their benefits and keep their jobs and keep their teams intact. And the government essentially said, we'll pay for that. Right. Now, so things change. <laughs> so let's, yeah. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. So I think, and first of all, at, at this point, it's, I understand the PPP program is closed. So if you, if you did not apply already, you, you can't apply for that program, right? Correct. The only program that's still open until December 31st right now, until and if there's another relief program, mm -hmm. is if you didn't get an EIDL, you can still apply for one. Or if you got less than 150K, you can apply for more. Okay. Okay. And and uh, to, to to answer that, for anyone who hasn't gotten the EIDL loan and they're, they're, or they got, got it and it was less than 150, they want to get more, where do they go to apply for that program? Right. So I'm going to go ahead. If you want to just, if you haven't applied for a EIDL program at all, uh, you can uh, go to uh, sba.gov and there's a section there and you can um, go ahead and apply for a um, EIDL loan there. And it's a fairly, amazingly, a fairly quick and 
relatively easy process and they'll give you up to $150,000. And in some cases that'll pop up in your bank account within a couple of days. Yeah. If you applied for a PPP for an EIDL and you got uh, less than 150 K and you want to, uh, you want to uh, put more uh, money, try and get more money. There's a bit more of a complicated process for that. And I'm going to go ahead and put a link to a blog post I wrote yesterday uh, in the chat, which will tell people if they got an EIDL and they want more, who they email and what forms they need to fill out with that application. Okay. Awesome. Right, thank you. Fantastic. So and that is just to be clear, as of the moment, until hopefully there's another relief package comes out, well, the EIDL well, is the only program right now, unless there are state or municipal or county programs available where you are, the EIDL is the only open program right now to get relief money. Okay. So let's come back to uh, the... Um... The stimulus. We'll, we'll come back to that in a minute uh, to talk about the next round and, and what might be in this stimulus bill and how it would impact us. But for now, let's let's talk about the, the forgiveness. So, how did the what did the forgiveness program look like initially, and what has changed? And so the big thing that really changed over time is that they opened it up and they said you can you you can take up to 24 weeks instead of eight weeks mm -hmm. to use your forgivable allowances. So here's the deal on PPP folks, um, for those who applied for it. First of all, you're gonna to have to go to the bank or non-bank lender that got your PPP to apply for forgiveness. And I know it's quite frustrating, but they're not all open yet for it. And they're not all as organized for it. And so just to be clear, you're gonna go start your application there and then once they're done processing it, they then send it to the SBA for approval. And the SBA can take up to 60 days to let the bank know one way or the other. So you have to start with your bank. And then there are different forms and standards that the bank has to use, say, for a PPP or 50K or under. I think the next category is 50K to $2 million and then $2 million plus and different levels of documentation that you need. So the first thing you need to do is reach out to your bank and push them to say, when are you ready and what forms do I need to fill out? And the forms are going to be different. The next decision you have to make is, and I really recommend you sit down with your CPA or your accountant and do this, um, or is it make more sense to apply for relief on, under eight weeks of expenses or under 24 weeks of expenses? And what's what's the difference? Uh, what how you know you know which is more appropriate? Well, at the end of the day, your CPA should be able to help you figure that out pretty quickly, and it really will be a question of where you'll get the most relief. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, in most cases, it's probably twenty-four, but in some cases, it might be eight. And your CPA should hopefully, and it's going to cost you a little bit of money to do that, but be able to help you sort that out. Okay. And what about and and then the form for fifty thousand and under is that three five zero eight S form? Is that correct? I believe that's the form, correct? Okay, and that's what you're saying. The, the your lender basically has that form set up in their system, or they will, and you have to go through your. You bank. have to go through them. So rather than filling out the raw SBA form, you should ask the bank, whoever your bank is. They're each going to have a slightly different process. They might send you an electronic link to fill out. Yeah. Or they might say, here's a paper application that you have to submit. And the documentation that's going to be required will differ based on your loan size and amount. And, and that that form, just because I don't know what whatever the percentage of people that had less than 50,000 is almost uh, it's 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 pretty much a, a grant. Right. Uh, there's pretty you, much so highly unlikely that if you got 50K or less that you're going to have any issue. Right. You just have to fill it out through your bank's system. Correct. Don't go to the SBA. You could get the form no. there, but use. You don't even really banker. go to the app. I mean, you can look at what the form will look like from the SBA, but you really need to check with your bank because you might spend all this time filling out this manual form for the SBA. And then it was not for end worth it because um, 
your bank says, we can't accept this. You have to do it electronically. So find out and push your bank. And as soon as they're ready, try to get it in and just get it over and done with and get it off your books. Okay. And then one of the things is uh, there's a question about the forgiveness period being 10 months. Um, I was reading, tell me if, if this would, you know, it's 10 months uh, from the date the money is, is uh, loaned. I believe that is correct. But again, I'd reiterate, and I know as entrepreneurs, we hate paperwork. Um, and this is another annoying thing to do. But get it off your books as quickly as possible. And there's some steps on that. A, your bank has got to be ready, and then the SBA has got to process it. But we have no idea if there will be another round of PPP, and if there will, um, what it will look like. And they might penalize you if you don't have your PPP currently forgiven or done, or certainly if it's not forgiven, if you're looking for additional debt, the current lender looks at it as debt and it counts against you in your calculations. So I would strongly encourage you to get push your bank and get this done in as timely and efficient a manner as possible for you. Uh, our bank, uh, the bank that I work with, uh, has an electronic form online. So it just asks a series of questions. Uh, there's a place to attach documentation. It's uh, pretty, uh, it, it's pretty simplified. But my understanding is that a lot of banks, you know, haven't uh, haven't opened yet. Uh, I also have a, a, a fairly sophisticated spreadsheet that my CPA firm uh, provided, and we could we can put that we'll put that with the uh, the replay on our website. So if you go to the swagcoach.com and under past show replays, this this replay will be up in uh, in about forty eight hours, and, and I'll we'll, we'll make sure we attach the uh, the workbook. But you can go through this workbook; it's a template, and it'll give you step by step uh, to to determine the, the forgiveness. Uh, you know four-year loan. For me, it helped to pull this information together that I could then feed directly into the, the bank Q&A uh, for that process. Um, I mean, we've got several people, Gary, and I think a couple of others said that, you know, they applied for forgiveness right away. And, you know, it's been past 60 days and the bank keeps telling us they haven't heard anything back. Uh, is there anything that they can, you know, anything they can do? Or is that, no. are you, do you know if that's no. common? It's 60 days, but it's may or, maybe or maybe not. Again, the bank has a window. Yeah. And then the SBA has a window. Okay. And so you're, you're at the mercy of the system, guys. It's, it's, they have 6 million of these or thereabouts to deal with. Some banks have a lot more than others. There's a lot of systems and processes and things that have to be built. And it just takes time. Yeah. And one of the things that we had talked about when we originally did uh, this call back in the spring was just, you know, because it's so chaotic and there are these unknowns to at least make sure that you have really good documentation. So you have documentation, you, you want to, you want to, you want to get, you know, be forgiven. You contact your banker, you've got the documentation of the email making that request. Even the banker comes back and says, we're not set up yet. At least, you, at least you've got documentation around you know, how you spent the money, how, you, how you're asking for forgiveness, so that when the dust all settles, you're in a position to at least be ready and know you've done, you know, you've got something in writing. That's kind of what we've been advised. So 100%. Keep, keep track of everything. Don't, don't miss a beat. Yeah. yeah. So, Ami, what, uh, what, is the, what does the forgiveness formula look like? There used to be, two, I understand there were two, there's a payroll component, uh, an FTE rehire. So you had to rehire a certain percentage of employees. And then there's, you know, the allocation of uh, payroll expenses versus non-payroll expenses. Yeah, you really, again, this is comes down to, I think it's worth it to spend a little money with your CPA mm -hmm. and just make sure you get it right and get it all your documentation right. And it's, you know, when you applied, you could apply for two and a half times your payroll. And then the question will be, did you release people? Did you furlough people? How many was your FTE count? Now, for some people, it'll be pretty straightforward and, e and easy. They kept their people. And then if you kept your people and you kept your payroll consistent, you should fly through the system pretty quickly. But if you got the PPP money and then you laid off a lot of people or you furloughed a lot of people, there are going to be questions, and that's the point where you have to figure out 
is it better to use eight weeks or 24 weeks? What was your rent expense? What was your interest expense? That's so it, it kind of falls into two buckets. You know, if you were a solopreneur or a one man, one man or woman shop and you didn't really furlough anybody or lay off anyone, you should have no issue getting the PPP forgiveness pretty quickly. But if you were a business that took the money and then laid off a lot of people, that's when it gets tricky, as it should, because that wasn't really the intent of the money. And then you're going to have to think think it through and work it through with your CPA. Uh, uh, I mean, so m- most of the, the, the those on the call today, most of the distributors are solopreneurs, like Gay Barton's asking, you know, if she, you know, if she's a sole uh, proprietor. So yeah, it should be a very simple process, Gay, to, you know, to get that done. But but for the ones that have employees, especially if they had them and let them go, my understanding is that the 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 new I don't know if it's legislation, but the new orders that have uh, rules that have come down uh, say that if you could you just check a box that says, look, due to government mandated closures, I was unable to you know maintain my staffing levels. You check that box and the FTE requirement goes away. It, correct. It, is that correct? I mean, so that you basically you don't have to worry if you just say that if you could say yes to that. If, you, you don't have to worry about the FTE true, part. But I would say to people, uh, maybe 100% be 100% honest as you fill out these forms. Don't don't don't, don't bluff. So, well, if you well, you wouldn't need to bluff if you rehired everyone. If you if you rehired, there's you just say I've rehired yeah. enough people. But if you didn't, then you know. If you didn't, and there was legitimate reason for it, you should be okay. But just answer right. every question emphatically because. A sure. very small, a very small percentage of these will be audited. Unlikely, the smaller ones will be audited. The ones bigger than two million dollars will be audited, and they will make choose some people to make examples out of. Right. Okay. As they should. The intent of this money was to keep your people in the payroll. It wasn't to line line the pockets. If you are a solopreneur or one person entrepreneur and you took some money, this PPP forgiveness process shouldn't take you more than ten or fifteen minutes. That's great yeah. news. Right. Yeah. Right. But if you are a bigger business with a bunch of employees and you laid some people off or this or that or the other, that's where it gets more tricky and appropriately so. Yeah. It is taxpayer money after all. We're all our grandkids are going to be paying for this one day. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's just amazing. I, I was reading in the Wall Street Journal the other day about a business that was in the event space, six million dollar business that, you know, that basically got five hundred thousand of PPP money. <laughs> And now they're out of business. Like, think about right. all that but what, money. But what did they do with that money? If they if they use that money and they paid their people for the few months, on a public policy level, that's probably not such a bad outcome because those people have had unemployment anyway. If they took that money and they bought a house and you know a boat in the Caribbean and took off, that's a problem. Right. right. So, what did they do with that money? Probably the former. Let's hope. Let's hope. That's Let's hope. Idea. That's so, the idea. Let's hope. <laughs> Ami, uh, Hans uh, Kirkgaard's asking uh, his application, the forgiveness application is asking for a payroll report, uh, Form 941, or other documentation. In a, and as a solo entrepreneur, he doesn't uh, doesn't have that. Is, it, is so that? I, I would uh, I would check in. As a solopreneur, he probably shouldn't need all that. So I would challenge his bank on that. Mm-hmm. You really need all this, guys? I'm a solopreneur. And if they say yes, I would then jump on the call with your CPA and ask them to help you navigate it. Right. That's good. Okay. Talk to the yeah. banker. If not, talk, yeah. talk to the CPA. Correct. And again, I just want to reiterate to everyone, and I see this all the time, like I'm really a loan and debt expert. So when it gets into those tricky things of the PPP forgiveness and the payroll calculations and stuff, if it's getting into nuanced stuff like that, I uh, really feel that you need need to jump on with your CPA for help. Um, I, we should probably shift the conversation just a little bit. I'm curious, uh, related to what you're seeing or what what you know, Ami, on in terms of the stimulus 2.0. What you hear the government's discussing? Are they making progress? I, I was reading a article, another article in the in the Wall Street Journal, saying they were, they surveyed some group of I don't know economists saying that they're expecting. 60, 61% or something said that the stimulus 2.0 would come out in Q1. I don't know. What Anything you're hearing? What yeah. are your thoughts? 
So who who are the guys from DC in there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish there was another stimulus before the election. There wasn't. Now I hope and pray for so many of the small businesses that are really hanging on by a pure thread that there will be stimulus before January 20th. Some days I think that's wishful thinking. You know, you, you hear banter back and forth about discussions that are going on and people being a part in this, and you just don't really know what's going on in this administration or what they're focused on, if anything. So while I would love to see stimulus tomorrow, we might have to wait till February, which is an awfully long time. And I bet you a couple hundred thousand businesses will shut their doors between now and February as a result of that delay. There's really no excuse for this childish behavior, in my opinion. I think Congress uh, on both sides of the aisle are failing in their, in their responsibility to the American people. It's not small businesses' fault that COVID happened, and it's not their fault that it happened in a political season. But all that being said, um, we don't know for sure when stimulus is going to happen, and you can't count on it happening until it happens. And we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I think we there's don't know anything. No, what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what what I've read is that there there's the stimulus package. I think there's this Heroes. It's called the Heroes Act. It's a another two point two trillion dollar package. Which, by the way, I think our federal debt, national debt, is was it? What are we up to? Twenty five trillion. So another two trillion. That's, that's a lot of money. Uh, but that's supposed to include small business relief and also clarifications on things like simplification of the forgiveness. Right. So. 100%. Um, you know, right now there is that there are, you know, you do have to submit documentation. There are questions. It's, it's, it can be a little bit tricky, but uh, my understanding with the heroes act, what's in it is that if it's under 50,000, you just check a box, you sign it, you certify that, you know, you met the requirements and just, you keep your records for the next six years. It's basically an honor system and up to 150,000 is Essentially the same with a few more questions on the application, but basically it's highly streamlined, uh, unlike now. But, uh, you know, I, what I'm wondering is if you apply now, maybe thinking you're going to get forgiven and the ruling comes back that, nope, you didn't qualify for or it's partial forgiveness. Do you get to reapply or do, does nobody know? It's nobody a knows. super good question. So what I've advised people now, because I've been I. Once I realized I was wrong in about 70% of my predictions about what I thought was going to happen in Washington, D.C., I gave up being a predictor. Okay. okay. And, and, I, and I say, deal with the facts on the ground. Right. Don't, so, don't, don't count on another penny of stimulus. Right. So basically, so you've got time. So again, not uh, giving uh, legal advice here, but I think, you know, if I am not sure that I'm going to get forgiveness. I could work with my attorney in my bank to try to determine it. If it's unclear, I have time to, to apply. So it might be best to wait and see if the dust yeah. settles. And that and there is more clarification on forgiveness rather than apply now and find out, you know, I didn't get everything forgiven and I don't have a second chance. But right? if you look at your application now and you're going to get 90% plus of it forgiven based on the current formulas, yeah. I'd encourage you to just put it in and get it done with yeah. Yeah. Get it over with. Um, what about deductibility of expenses? So I think a lot of uh, a lot of small businesses who've gotten the uh, these loans are not aware of the, the, the requirements. And I think as I think the way this legislation is being interpreted is not how it was intended, because my understanding and tell me if this is, is correct, is that the obviously the loan is if it's forgiven, that's not taxable. But then all the expenses that you've used to get forgiveness, you are can't taxable. deduct from, they are Correct. taxable. So essentially it becomes a taxable for a taxable loan is what it is. A taxable forgiveness is what it is. Correct. It, and that's going to so. leave a lot of businesses stuck next year. Right. And so again, there might be clarity about that that comes up in the next legislation or people are waiting for rulings from the IRS about that. Right. But in the interim, that's the facts on the ground, and you got to deal with them and plan with them. Right now, you have to assume that the stuff you spent is, is you know, that that's the situation. Right. Okay. 
This is great. Um, I feel great. This is, <laughs> this is well the oh. good look the good the good news the, the the good news that comes out of this is that most of the people on the call are solopreneurs they typically got it looks like half got loans of under 50 i think for most of us it's it, it should be a simplified process the key message is to work with your bank i i know that i looked at the application and i had employees in the business that i you know was able to rehire and it just said look if you couldn't rehire people due to government guidelines you, you basically get to waive these uh, that that's that part of the formula, so it's simplified it. I think for most people, it's going to, and, and so the rest is just a matter of making sure you accumulate enough expenses to to, to qualify for forgiveness uh, and have the and, and and keep the appropriate records. So, and, and yeah. here's the other side of it. The other side of it is we're fortunate enough to be nimble enough to not only pivot in certain ways, right, with our own businesses, but Obviously, there are a lot of us that are struggling, but there are a lot of us that are doing fantastic because the economy has opened back up because we're targeting, you know, our million dollar niches and markets that are buying. So there's, you know, when we started this, it was just full lockdown. No one's spending money. Mm -hmm. At least, I, you know, I'm seeing on the front line. I know a lot of people who are celebrating these wins are seeing, you know, people are spending year end dollars. So we as an industry are fortunate. We may get back into a lockdown, but at least we've had an opportunity to sell and, and kind of make up. There are other small businesses out there that are just getting crushed. So yeah, yeah, it's not all bad. No, no, ab absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think we'll get more clarity here. Hopefully yeah. by the time February rolls around, things will get better uh, in terms of the stimulus side. But yeah, we're seeing the economy open up. A lot of people are starting to see orders come in that are not PPE related. So there's, there's a lot of good news. Josh, I know we've got about two minutes. So, um, well, yeah. well, we'll close. We'll come back and ask Ami, you know, if, uh, you know, any closing thoughts. But uh, do you want to share about what's what we've what we've got coming up with uh, with small group coaching? Yeah, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to share my screen because I'm having technical difficulties. <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, we got our next uh, small group coaching class starting up on Monday, October 23rd at 12:30 p.m. Eastern. Um, and we're going to be onboarding, like I said, our new class then. We talked a little bit about the program in terms of peer-to-peer -peer learning, opportunity to share best practices, hold each other accountable, and learn sales strategies to help you scale your business. Uh, we're pretty focused on a couple of key things right now. One is targeting a million-dollar niche or a vertical market, how to pitch that market, um, how to find prospects in that market, and then how to, how to sell company stores to that market. So these are all opportunities, especially this time of year, if you're if your sales are flat or you're looking to really scale your business um, as you plan and head into 2021, uh, now's a great time to consider our small group coaching. Absolutely. Uh, thank, I'll put up a, uh, the poll that we'll ask, you know, if you're interested in uh, small group coaching, we'll make sure we get some information out to you, but uh, you know, I'll throw that poll up for anyone who's interested and, uh, and, you know, and uh, just and, and let us know what you've got. Yeah. I, I can say that with the niche we're you know, we've found, we're finding success with that. And we do believe that it's important. I think with, uh, if we're kind of, uh, you know, jack of all trades, uh, we tend to compete based on price. And I really don't want to be the guy who wins because I made the, made the least profit on the order. And uh, we focus on the, the uh, a niche because uh, you get higher close rates, uh, higher margins and more referrals. So we talk a lot about that. I know for you personally, Josh, it's been a big part of your success with, uh, with the niche that, that, that you focus on. So, yeah. yeah. So, Okay. Um, hey, before before we wrap, I have a quick sure. question. Even yes. though we're at one. So, Ami, is there a formula on the debt side that I, I'm guessing it's based on industry or whatever? But for every dollar I borrow, I should get X in return. It really depends on the industry and the cash flow. It's it's not that. But if anyone on this call is interested in growing and expanding their businesses and thinking about how to use debt, you can feel free to reach out to me. I'll punch in my email address and we'd be happy to jump on a call with you and see if we can help you figure out how to grow and expand your business. Awesome. I mean, and your website is multifunding.com. Absolutely. So multifunding.com. Yeah. Ami is a, a phenomenal resource guys. Uh, he knows this uh, industry better than anyone I know. He is our go-to expert. So if you have questions about funding for your business, I strongly encourage you to give him a call. At a minimum, uh, go to the website, sign up for his uh, his, his blog posts uh, that get emailed out uh, every couple of days. Very or, informative. Or read his book. Or read there his book. <laughs> but, uh, you like that? There you go. <laughs> the growth right, dilemma, right? That's the growth dilemma. Okay, just making sure. Awesome. Yeah. 
Josh, you want to close it out? Take us home. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you, uh, obviously, Ami. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. I know it's got to be busy up there in the air with all those fire, fighter jets you're working with. And uh, Mike, thanks for yeah. doing a great job today. Um, you know, I think that uh, this topic, um, I mean, look, a lot of people have been able to get PPP loans. It's helped a lot of people in our business, obviously a lot of small businesses in general. So I'm glad that we're able to kind of have this discussion and keep the dialogue going. I mean, we're learning just like you're learning as it relates to what's going on. So, you know, the spirit of this call is to share best practices and share what, we're, what we know. Um, our next couple of calls, just as a heads up, our, our next one along the lines of, finances and dollars and so forth and your business is uh, December 2nd. We've got a tax expert that's coming on for small business owners to talk about tax write-offs. So uh, maybe Tanner will be able to answer some of these questions about the PPP loan. Um, and that again, will be December 2nd from 12 to 2, I mean 12 to 1. And um, thank you everybody for taking the time. This is great. Really appreciate it. Any other, any other things that you want to say, Mike, before we wrap up? Yeah, appreciate it, Ami. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today. Good luck with everything. And uh, go uh, knock some heads on Capitol Hill and get these guys, you know, figure this out. Be well, exactly. guys. Take care. All right. Thanks. Be Thank well, everybody. Fine. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.